0: Welcome to our Warped Podcast, the show where we get together and discuss our latest pop culture obsessions. I'm Walker, and I'm here with Grace, Kat, and Chris. Starting us off today is Grace, but before that, has anyone checked out any of the topics from last
1: episode?
2: No, I was a bad elf, and I focused on
3: holiday shenanigans. We're all bad elves.
1: I looked at We Are Here a lot, but I didn't end up watching it.
3: Just looked at it?
1: Yeah, I just stared at it a little bit.
2: A lot. No, you said a lot.
1: A lot. A little lot. <laughs> a lot a little. And liminal space, isn't that like a constant experience? <laughs> so I, I did that one at least.
2: Yeah, that is a good point.
1: Okay, yeah, you yeah. waded into that. Very cool.
2: I do live in that 90% of the time, so I guess I did.
1: All right. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Good job, everyone.
3: I'll cheers to that. We just experienced our topic for the entire break that we had, so that should count as a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: I mean, it's been a hot minute.
3: Yeah, it has. It's been a full month and some change.
1: Over a month, yeah.
3: Lots of big changes chris had a move we're all in the same state again we will not disclose it but you can probably (laughs) tell from our accents and i don't have an accent i don't know what you're talking oh yeah you're right you don't
0: yeah you're accentless
1: like siri
2: just don't ask me to say both (laughs) as
3: i say both
1: (laughs) soda or pop
3: my pick is actually our first listener recommendation And it's coming from our solo UK listener, Mike V. Love you, Mike. Thank you, Mike.
0: Shouts out to Mike. I don't know if you're the only UK listener. That seems kind of like a...
3: I've looked at the analytics.
0: Well. All right, fine.
3: Unless there are VPN UK listeners.
1: Sure. We'll make an assumption then.
3: Mike, tell a friend.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Anybody else? Well, what did Mike recommend?
3: Well, Mike recommended the... 2015 horror novel a head full of ghosts by paul tremblay the book is about a massachusetts family and the book goes kind of backwards and forwards in time and it follows our main character mary barrett not mary barry of great british bake-off fame (laughs) but mary Barrett. She is being interviewed about events that happened during her childhood. Mary's family was the subject of a TV documentary series after Mary's older sister, Marjorie, is showing signs of being possessed by a demon. At the time of filming, Mary was eight and her sister was 14. And in the present day, quote unquote, she is in her mid-twenties. The reason I picked it was because of Mike and because it was very compelling. Walker and I listened to it on a little road trip over Thanksgiving, and we both really enjoyed it and we haven't talked about I guess this isn't a haunted house, but we did have a little haunted house segment of our podcast where we talked about American horror story and then burnt offerings back to back so true thought we would circle back to some haunted families and discuss I don't want to give too much away basically i've Just given away the kind of back cover synopsis of the story. But I would really recommend it to anyone who is interested in hearing about exorcisms. It keeps you guessing a lot of the time. You don't know exactly if it is just, you know, mental illness or if there's really a possession going on or a lot of suggestion and looking towards religion during hard times or a combination of all of those things. So I may have missed this, but is it a work of fiction? 100%. It is, yes.
1: Okay, that's what I was going to ask too.
3: Apologies, yes. It is all fiction, including the show. So it gets kind of meta. I'm sure a lot is pulled from like true life
2: experiences and past exorcism. Documentation.
3: Yes. So there's three kind of points of view of the story. It goes from the flashback where you are following Mary as an eight-year-old experiencing all of these events. Then you're also in Mary's head while she's giving this interview about what happened to her family and her when she's in her twenties. And then the th- third point of view. Comes from a blogger who is kind of doing a recap series on the show and doing a review on it. So they're, you know, the person writing it is pointing out all the like cheesy B roll and kind of does a date with Dateline style rundown of the series. So you get these three perspectives that are each kind of more removed, but it gives you a fuller picture of what's going on.
1: A bunch of different perspectives.
3: And kind of gives you a little critique of reality TV, and I guess it's not really true crime, but in a way. Like, you know, the same sort of thing where it's watching a family explode Mm. on TV and the ethics around that.
1: Hmm. Hmm. So I'm guessing it's, like, pretty heavy then.
3: I mean, I had fun listening to it.
1: Because it gives me hereditary vibes from what you said already.
3: It is not hereditary level trauma.
1: Okay, good. (laughs) Good, no one needs that.
3: But very few things are. It's much more like The Exorcist.
1: Hmm, okay.
2: Did you find it to be a quick read or quick listen?
3: Yes, Walker and I listened to it and we, was it? Ten hours.
0: It was just over eight hours total. Eight hours for the audiobook. So I think it was under three hundred and fifty pages. I want to say that's pretty quick.
3: It's digestible. If I remember correctly, Wikipedia said it's like three hundred something. So I think you're like right on the money.
0: This isn't even my topic.
3: <laughs> Look at you being so knowledgeable.
0: Well, having listened to it, I just want to also add that to kind of give more. I guess, exact idea about the vibe of the whole thing. You really do get a lot of difference in perspective when things switch between the adult Mary and the Mary as an eight-year-old. And then this blogger is very well researched in what they're talking about. And they also bring in concepts from famous exorcist media, specifically the movie The Exorcist and the book by the same name and that the movie is based off of. In order to provide context for a lot of the scenes in the show, because the reality show that's happening or that was filmed around the same time as the actual exorcism does take a lot of different bits and pieces of moments and symbols and certain things. It's very interesting. The one thing that Grace and I laugh about is that Mary, as a kid, she's obsessed with the show Finding Bigfoot. Oh my God. So that's actually in the reality show. It's a scene that the reenactors do maybe the first episode to kind of show this like calm before the storm kind of thing because there's a bit of a moment between all the family at one point while they're watching the show but it just made grace and i laugh that that's one of the things that's heavily mentioned in the novel so
3: and we've all watched in my family and extended out into like family friends have now all watched a significant amount of finding Bigfoot because my mom is a Bigfoot believer. Mm -hmm. Oh, so the world that they live in is our world. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. And like all the media that we had then, you know, because they'll, like Walker said, the person who is reviewing the show on their blog is saying, oh man, this is so cheesy, it's just like The Exorcist, they're just ripping it straight from this, or this horror thing is so similar to this other horror concept and we all know about you know, satanic panic and we talk about this and this and this, so it's very much supposed to be as close to our world as fiction can be.
0: Yeah, and you've got the financial crisis as a backdrop to the whole destruction of the family, and it's not necessarily front and center, but it does trickle in every now and again just to remind you of how relatively bleak things are and kinda of how tentative the relative piece is, I guess. It it's all done with a purpose, but I think it was incorporated well. It didn't really feel like they're really trying to cram as much reality into it as possible because at the end of the day it's still a fiction book and the subject matter some people do take seriously because there are actual exorcisms that happen, but this was a more, I guess, artistic way
1: of getting more into the psychological aspect of it. You know, the internet guy in this story sounds really interesting. For like you were guess you were saying with the meta backdrop of oh well we saw this before and he's kind of just sounds like an internet troll, but. In theory, if that were to actually be happening, that's what the whole internet would be doing: is saying, "Oh, well, this is like this, and this can't. This is ridiculous. This is just like CGI or whatever." Yeah,
3: totally. Yeah, it felt very much like a lot of the YouTube videos I'd watch that would make fun of like bad reality TV, or like I said, like date with Dateline. Although they're pretty generous, <laughs> but yeah, it was cool because I both like. Horror content, so I was able to enjoy it on, at face value. But I also like critiquing horror content, so I could enjoy reading something that I would either listen to or say myself.
1: Thank you, Grace. Was there anything else you wanted to add about a head full of ghosts?
3: Nope. Thanks, Mike, for the recommendation. And hope you guys listen to it or read it or however you consume books. Eat it. For read whatever it. I get sad. <laughs> It's not sad.
0: Did we listen to the same book? <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm very
2: particular about the kind of paper I chew on, but it might be that type of paper. I tend to go more for catalog paper.
1: Yeah.
0: It could be flavored, yeah. you never know, you know, these days.
2: It depends on the ink. Is it really dark? If it is, I'm skipping it. I'm not into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It does make it taste all
3: bad. Cat is actually part goat. I love goats. That's true. I know. (laughs) That's why I said it. (laughs) Because you love goats and eating catalogs? I'm very specific about the kind of
2: paper that I'll chew on, Mm. not actually consume. Mm, Okay. Okay.
3: That's fair. You know, no judgment. I mean, you can judge all you want. Facts are facts.
1: Facts about the kind of paper you like to chew?
3: Like it or don't.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Facts about my life. Like it or don't.
1: Look at her. Don't. And then they died. Okay. That's great. Oh, right.
3: Yeah. (laughs) And then they all died. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. Well, cool. Thank you, Grace.
3: The end. Thanks, Grace. Of course.
1: Appreciate it.
2: So it's my turn. It is your turn.
1: The wheel decided. The fate of the wheel.
2: What thing do you want first? Do you want the why I picked it
3: or my tagline? Tagline. Well, I'm so used to like four fake outs, so I don't (laughs) even know what I want.
1: Yeah. Whatever is the truth first.
3: It's all the truth.
1: Okay, then the, I think the what? The tagline.
2: Of the tagline? Okay. A vampire slaying valley girl. Tragic death or tragic fashion? Ooh. That is my tagline. Love it. So, recently it came to my attention that I give off a vampire vibe. Not that I personally am a vampire, but that I would be a big fan of vampires.
3: Recently? <laughs> yes. Recently, I was told this. Interesting. Okay.
2: (laughs) The example they gave me during the discussion was Twilight. Oh, no. Now, to be honest, I was offended. Not that there's anything wrong with liking Twilight, but I don't think I give off the vibe of liking Twilight.
3: That's a different vibe.
1: Yeah, that's a way different vibe, yeah.
2: I very quickly tried to think of a vampire movie that I did like. So that way I could paint a better picture of myself to this person. And my answer. Do you have any guesses on my tagline? Buffy? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. Not the TV show. Oh. The classic to me 1992 feature film starring Luke Perry and Christy Swanson, Donald Sutherland, and Paul Rubens. Wow.
3: Nice.
1: It's a spread.
2: Yes. So if you've seen the show... Then you already know the premise of the movie, but basically Buffy is the chosen one because she has the mark, which is a really gross hairy mole that she had removed. (laughs) And Buffy is a spoiled high school valley girl thrown into a new world of kicking vampire ass with the help of her trainer, Merrick, played by Sutherland, and a random dude who's the love interest, Pike, who's played by Luke Perry. Has anyone seen this movie? I haven't seen the movie, no.
1: No, I haven't even watched the show.
2: The show is not my cup of tea, but we'll get to that. Okay. So this is not your typical dark, dramatic vampire film. It's full of quick wit, one-liners, and amazing 90s fashion, in my opinion, and the most amazing death scene, thanks to Paul Rubens. There's a lot of credit that needs to go to Joss Whedon, who was very unhappy with the end result of the movie, which is why they did the reboot in the form of the TV show. Mm Hmm. Personally, I find the TV show to be kind of blah. much rather sit down and watch the movie. But everybody has their thing, such as Twilight. So the movie is before the show? Oh, yeah. The movie came out in 1992. Interesting. Yeah, that is. Mm -hmm.
1: And the show came out when?
2: The TV show came out in 1997 with seven seasons and
3: numerous spinoffs. I'm sure it's happened before, but I can only ever think of things that end in a movie not start with a movie Hmm. you know a tv series i'm sorry like a tv series
1: into a movie
3: into a movie yeah rather than a movie and then a series yeah but i feel like there's one notable thing that i'm totally forgetting and it's gonna drive me nuts yeah there has to be
1: no piercer you know that was a movie and that became a show is made that a show Yeah, there's a show on it. There's a show. I don't know what channel it's on.
0: They gave everything away
1: in the movie. What's the show going to be? I think it's a prequel series. Uh, Of course. Yeah, I could be wrong, but apparently it's pretty good.
2: So not exactly the same. Whereas with Buffy, the movie, and then the show, a lot of the characters were rewritten to fit kind of what they were going for in the original And a lot of the details don't line up. I don't want to give too much away because I have watched the first, I don't know, three seasons of Buffy and compared to the movie, there are similarities, but there's a lot story-wise with the characters that are completely different. Luke Perry's character isn't even there.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: So it's a huge recommendation, in my opinion, to anyone who's looking for 90s fashion and 90s music mixed with humor and vampire lore. The reason I picked this is because I loved it so much. I saw it in the theater in 1992 when it came out. And I owned the novelization oh. of the movie in 1992. They don't do that anymore.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh...
2: <laughs> don't And there's probably a good reason, because it's trash.
0: So you say owned. You don't have that anymore? It's not a...
2: I don't think I do... Long ago, there was a flood in my father's basement, and I think it was a casualty of that. But I do have the movie on DVD.
1: Oh, well, there you go. All right.
2: You can rent it for $3.99 on Amazon, which, in my opinion, it's worth it. Because I love it.
1: Might have to give that a shot, then. How long is the movie about? I'm guessing like an hour and a half.
2: Yeah, it's pretty quick. Probably like an hour, hour 20, an hour and 26 minutes. Okay. Wow, we are good at guessing this evening.
1: <laughs> Almost right on the money.
2: I have seen it countless times.
1: You have a favorite quote?
2: Oh my God. <laughs> no, my favorite is the fact that she had the gross mole removed and she makes a big deal about it.
1: Is it like actually a mole, but that's like what the mark? Oh, right. Really? Because witches' mark were like moles. Yes. yes. Oh, that's funny. I like that. Okay. Mm <laughs> hmm. The wires got connected just now. Yeah, the
0: little synopsis just went...
2: I like that we got to see that in action. But really, my favorite part is Paul Rubens. Just everything he does in that movie is so good. I don't know for sure if this is his first role after that whole thing happened, but it's definitely one of the earliest after that happened to him. If you watch it for no other reason... Let it be that, because he is
3: so good in this movie. Give him some residuals. That's it. That's all I got. Very nice. Lovely. Yeah, I had no idea there was a movie before all of it, so I'm going to check that out. Skip the novelization and just
2: watch the movie.
3: You know, I think I was gonna, unless I
2: wanted to chew on some paper. Yeah, actually, you know, thinking back to that book, that is one that I would probably go for, but I don't have it anymore.
1: So so, what happens at the end, Kat? Uh,
2: well, obviously, they all die in the end.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, right.
2: <laughs> I thought that was obvious. I mean, it is Vampire Slayer. I mean...
1: I just wanted to make sure. Just had to clarify for the listeners.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: This bit is never going to get old.
2: <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> they all die in the end. So sorry.
1: Well, now you guys don't have to watch the movie. You know what happened, So
2: No, you still have to watch it. It's fantastic.
1: Okay. Watch it for Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman.
2: And stay after the credits.
1: Oh. My pick is the PC game Inscription, which I have told Walker about very briefly in person. It's a horror, roguelike, deck-building game with puzzle escape room elements. So there's a lot going on there.
3: That's a lot of buzzwords.
1: Yeah. It was released October 19th, 2021, developed by Daniel Mullins Games, who also made Pony Island and The Hex. According to his website, he's the primary creator of his games, with some help from Jonah Senzel for music and sound Mm -hmm. effects. It was produced by Devolver. It's a horror game, a psychological horror game that uses cards and deck-building elements to expand its story and lore, instead of the cards and the gameplay being, like, instead of the cards being the primary mechanic. So, like, the cards are part of the story in the game, which I find interesting. I'll get into more of it in a little bit. Why I picked it was my friend Alan recommended to me, and I was scrolling through Steam, And it said it was a horror card game, and I kind of passed by it, thinking how scary could a card game be? And after that, I gave it a shot, after he told me, I gave it a shot, and I really couldn't put it down when I started playing it, so.
2: Well, shout out to Alan, hello.
1: (laughs) Hello, Alan. Yes. If you know, you know. Yeah, so it's not really, like, outright horror, it's more of like a psychological horror, and It's more creepy and weird. The atmosphere is what really, like, kind of draws you in for me, I think. There's a bunch of, like, little knickknacks.
2: Sold. I'm sold. (laughs) Knickknacks? I'm there. I'm 80 years old.
1: Right. So I guess I should have started off saying the reason I just kind of segued from what Kat said is it takes place in this cabin where you're, I guess, basically kidnapped by this mysterious figure that owns the cabin. And he makes you play this card game called Inscription. And it kind of plays out similar to a D&D session where he's kind of narrating as you go through. And there's like a little map with a game piece as you go forward and make choices. And your choices either help you or can't potentially hurt you.
2: He's just trying to live his best life. Just let him be. It's what I hope to achieve with my life. Don't put that on the record. I don't want anybody to come after me after I ensnare someone and make them play card games with me.
3: You are speaking
2: directly into a microphone.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is being taped. Yeah.
2: Do not isolate said audio. Please let me be the weird hermit that plays card games with random strangers. Thank you.
3: Like the Bob's Burgers episode where Gale makes up her own game. Gale Force wins. <laughs> yes. Right. This is the second time in a row we referenced Bob's Burgers. Actually, just finishing edited our last episode, so
1: we have to go for three next time.
3: I'm fine with that. I've my entire head is just a library of Bob's Burgers plot lines.
1: <laughs> Maybe that'll be a, a topic next
3: time. Just our favorite Bob's. That's just required reading at this point. Prerequisite,
1: right? <laughs> right. If you don't know Bob's Burgers.
2: I may look like Tina, but I'm definitely a Louise.
3: I think I'm Gene.
1: Bob. Think of Bob.
3: You are Bob.
1: <laughs> Chris <laughs> is Bob.
3: You are Bob. Yep.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm into that. I'm fine with
3: that. Walker's Tina. Hmm. Hmm. I'm really shocked that Grace is a Jean. I've got a lot of creative energy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Appreciation for camp. <laughs>
1: If I ever see Grace in a campsite, I'll be in my grave.
2: Not that No, I can't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Camp, campy, kitschy. Oh.
1: Well, I stick by what I said, anyways.
3: I will not be outdoors. I am allergic to the outdoors. I'll be inside with my keyboard.
1: <laughs> Grace is allergic to life. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I guess that's all I really had to say. I found the story a little confusing. There was a little too much going on. That being said, like I mentioned, the atmosphere. And the intrigue that the game develops and how you experience it throughout the game is alone worth checking out. Because often when I'm playing a game, I am you know it, I don't get like surprised like, whoa, that's really cool that they did this. I experienced it like multiple times throughout the game. So the story was a little bit all over the place, but the art style is really cool. And the direction they use narratively, I found very interesting.
3: Super interested in that yes multiple platforms
1: i think at the moment it's only on the computer
3: can you give the name one more time
1: inscription
3: not for me because i was definitely paying attention
1: for sure for sure
3: and how much is it
1: it's about 20 dollars. it's been on sale quite a bit it's actually really spiked in popularity a lot of streamers are playing it and it's like a really indie game but it shot up recently. It's about $20 so it's been going on sale a lot and it's called Inscription spelled with a y not an i like crypt. Cool. Yeah. All right.
2: Awesome. Well, now that I have this fancy new computer, maybe I could actually play it.
1: I don't know if it's on uh, Max, but Oh, well then fine.
2: <laughs> That's just fine then. Good. Great. I love that. Thanks. Thanks for the recommendation. I guess.
1: Well, maybe it is. I don't know for sure.
3: <laughs> don't take my <laughs> word on that.
1: I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong because it's a fun game. Because I had my brother behind me a lot when I was playing it, and it's one of those gonna be like you should go this way or like kind of crafting like what the right play is because there's a lot of different like little mechanics on what to do and. Yeah, and then like different puzzles that you can do around this cabin because you're able to get up and walk around and digital little puzzles with a lock or a clock and weird stuff like that, would recommend.
0: I've got a a quick question and you can keep your answer vague, but at the end, do you feel like you've won?
2: No, because they all die in the end.
1: No, yeah, (laughs) I don't think I really won because they all die in the end. Okay. That's my pick.
2: Thanks, Chris.
0: As you mentioned at the top, you did. Explain it to me, and you showed me a bit of gameplay. It does look pretty cool. I like the atmosphere. The, what was the name of the character that you're technically playing against? Uh, I don't know if I really want to say, because it's kind of a, a spoiler. Okay, that's fine. That's fine.
2: You're playing against Kat. She has trapped you.
0: Yeah, it's just to uh, cut out like, a picture that somebody like photoshopped the border out of and just... <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's actually Pee Wee Herman that you're
0: playing against. Ah, yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah, don't want to spoil that.
2: This is all our Paul Rubens episode. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay, uh, I'm talking about a game called Snow Runner. So, no, this game, there's no actual humans in it. You play a truck. Debatable. And, no, this is not up for debate. It's a fact. You play a truck. Your character is a truck, and... According to Wikipedia, this is the most succinct description that I could find. Snowrunner has the player control off-road vehicles as they traverse between locations to complete objectives. And that is pretty much all the game is. And I know it sounds boring, but... (laughs) It's not.
2: Okay, so number one, it sounds like this game is just a mock-up of my boyfriend's life. And number two... Is this like that movie Tire? No,
1: no, <laughs> no. Okay. No, thank God, no.
2: They you play a game where you are a truck. Yeah. And you complete various tasks, and the name of this game is Snow Runner. Snow Runner. It is a trucking simulation. Yeah. It's a trucking simulation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're not just driving like on the highway, though. To be fair.
2: You could live that life in real life, and then come home and play that game. So it's like you're living it all the time. No,
0: there, yeah, there is a a separate game. That's there's a a European version and an American version of a different game series that is Trucking Simulator, where you are on the highway. You do have to like obey the traffic laws and all that. This is not that same game. This is different. You're very much off road, and it's a hostile environment. It starts off easy with the maps that you first start in, but as you progress through different objectives, things get more difficult. So for context, you start off in a small town in Michigan called Black River. I don't know if it's an actual town, but there are sort of more like paved roads and civilization and and things like that. And then you progress onto different maps within the same region. And then you go to Alaska and then the last section Which is not DLC, is in Russia. So, and that gets real frustrating, but it's fun. Trust me. (laughs) Okay,
2: so get ready for Old People Corner. It sounds to me like this is an upgraded version of Paperboy.
1: Paperboy being... I've not played Paperboy. I've heard of it.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry.
2: Nintendo...
1: It's like you're a newspaper boy, right? And you're like riding a bike and you're throwing uh, yeah. newspapers at people's mailboxes and doors and stuff.
2: Yes. And things get more and more treacherous as the game goes on, where you have to avoid dogs and screaming people and cars and things like that.
1: In a way, because I haven't played Snow Runner, but I played the previous game, Mud Runner, which is like the same, but you're dealing with, you know, well, mud, not snow and ice and stuff. It's. A lot about finding the quickest path in an otherwise impossible path. I guess it's super difficult terrain, and you have to like winch yourself out of being stuck. Or at least in snow runner, I don't know, but in mud runner, you have like access to other vehicles, and you can come and gra- okay, so you can go and grab that vehicle and like help you get unstuck and. It's really about the immersive like simulation of being trapped in these crappy conditions while driving.
0: And the whole loop, if I could summarize the gameplay loop, you, know, you start in a map and there are watchtowers that you have to get to in order to show more of the map because you just have these big, it's all blacked out. And then you unlock the watchtowers. There's technically two classes of vehicle you have. The big trucks that you use for hauling stuff, and they have their own subcategories. And then you have scouts. And the scout vehicles, they're tiny. They're like, essentially, there's some that are, these are, what you can pay extra for these, but there's like a jeep pack where you get two different kinds of jeeps. So you use the scouts to unlock the watchtowers and explore the map because they're technically a little bit more capable and less liable to get stuck. And then from there, you can map out different objectives and where to pick up your material that you need and its where you need to drop it off. There is kind of a story uh you are trying to do certain big things in each region like Alaska the main thing you're trying to do is get the various there's like three or four different oil rigs up and running. Michigan I think it's there's like a logging operation happening. Anyway, I picked it because I think the concept of a simulation especially in the last few years has really caught up with what we can do as far as the technology and what's possible on that end of things because those type of games used to be just strictly for PC players you had to have a fairly decent imagination but you had a lot of variety as far as what you could do in the game but now it's kind of become more I don't know if mainstream is the right word but it's more accessible to people so mostly i just wanted to kind of give a little blurb on that and before i forget it came out in 2020 but as i been saying there are new maps that they kind of release in phases but you have to purchase that separately so the cool thing is the developers are constantly adding things to the game this is technically their second year in the, the development cycle uh or post development cycle but they keep adding stuff and it's pretty cool good to see that
3: we have been playing it on playstation but you can do multiplayer so walker and i have been playing and we've been playing with his brother and his brother's girlfriend and we've been having a good time just completing these tasks together and like chris said you can get other vehicles to help you out in situations if you get stuck so if you're playing with multiple people you don't have to you know go back to your garage and like retrace your steps you can have another person following behind you and you know helping you out
0: yeah so that way when you inevitably tip over instead of when you're playing by yourself and you want to actually punch the screen <laughs> you can laugh about it and then have somebody pull you up right side and then you can continue on
3: but not um, before they take screenshots of it and make it into a meme
0: right <laughs> there was one point when uh, grace and i were playing with uh, my brother and his girlfriend and i think three of us had gotten tipped over onto our sides and The only person that was left had a scout vehicle, and we were all the other three were in like big trucks. So it was an uphill battle, to say the least. But it's fun. Again, just trust me, it's fun. I know most people don't think that type of thing is enjoyable if you're not like really hardcore into it. But this is kind of it bridges the gap between being more of an arcade style game and. The hardcore simulations, you know, like the farming simulator or trucking simulator. So or the
3: flying simulators.
0: Yeah, or or those, yeah, those type of things.
2: I mean, I loved Paperboy, but I'm a snow widow now, Mm. so I might have to step away from that
1: game. We could always get MudRunner.
3: It's a little too close to home for me. I mean, I haven't played Paperboy either, but it seems a little bit more cartoony. This like this amount of physics that they put into it is. Pretty realistic, yeah. I'm sure this is much more
2: advanced than a Nintendo paperboy game.
1: I know what you're saying, though. It's like getting from column A to column B with increasingly difficult obstacles. Yeah,
3: definitely. And you do feel accomplished after you finish some of them, and there's got like a little jangly tune too when you finish, and it feels yeah, nice good.
0: little like bluesy steel guitar thing going on at the. So it's it's very re- rewarding. Gives you a little. Spike of endorphins. But like I said, you're there is a story and you are technically helping people, even though you don't ever see an actual person. It's just you're dropping off at a certain area. There might be buildings, but you just get these little written excerpts, I guess, kind of explaining the job and then once you do it, they might give you a little note afterward that pops up. So it's interesting that they, you know, had that element because I don't think that Mudrunner really had a lot of that going on as far as like the type of kind of community building that you were doing and there are elements of your tasks actually having an impact on the environment so there's certain situations where there's either like a rock slide or a bridge that needs to get constructed where you can change the terrain and unlock different paths and and things of that nature but it's not as prevalent as i think it could have been that's my one only well it's one of the nitpicks that i have with the game but It's not for everybody, I will admit that. So, I do recommend it though. If any of that sounded interesting, if you want to just chill out and kind of just vibe, you can, you know, put music on. You don't necessarily have to be listening, you know. I mean, there are some good sounds. If you like trucks, it's got really good truck sounds.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And the catchy jangle. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, but it's just one of those games where you can just kind of be at peace for the most part until you tip over and then. You know, maybe your blood pressure spikes a little bit, and you just want to give up on everything. But you know, things move on. It's kind of like the way that life goes. So,
1: wow.
3: Walker did rage quit last night when we were playing. I
1: did. Uh, that, that's what I was going to say. Is you were saying, Walker is it's extremely relaxing until it isn't, and then it's rage inducing. Yeah. <laughs> and that was my experience with Mud Runner. Is I was like, wow, this is. You know, there's like a lot of trees and there's bird sounds. Like, oh, this is pretty nice. And then I tip over and I'm like screaming and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) right, pounding my desk. And it's (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah,
0: totally disrupting the serenity. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: And to be fair to Walker, he keeps saying, you know, it's not for everyone. And I never would have picked up the game in a million years, but because of the co-op feature. It has become a really fun game to play with people and I don't really care too much about trucks or basically anything this game has to offer, but it is still worth trying and it's been a nice way to keep in touch with family and feel like I'm accomplishing something, especially, you know, during these times
1: in these trying times.
3: What day is it? I think you're possibly underselling it a little bit. It is a fun game.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's at face value, kind of off-putting, but it is a fun game with interesting immersion and smaller not, not smaller, other gameplay aspects that keep you wanting to keep trying and, you know, kind of power through it. Even though it can get frustrating or whatnot,
0: yeah, it's almost at, at every critical situation you want to just strangle the developers, but you <laughs> understand that they they do, they did it for a reason, and you know it is just a game. But I I will agree with Grace that it is a, a lot more interesting with more than just a single player experience. Having a co op situation is definitely
1: it adds. I guess more to what's going on so well, cool
3: thank you walker
1: yeah thank you walker that was snow runner and that's on multiple platforms it's on
0: a lot it's on the previous generation of playstation and xbox it's on the switch it's is on it? yes it is also on windows i don't know if there's a mac version but
2: Forget it then. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'd be interested in seeing it. I don't know if I'd play it myself just because I like task-oriented things like that, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I'd get majorly frustrated, Mm. but I'm not against checking it out.
1: I think it's less about the task and more about the journey to the, the task.
3: And isn't that what we can say about life? Oh, God. Isn't it,
1: though? I gotta go.
3: <laughs> but yeah, if anything, maybe even check out, like, a, a little YouTube clip of someone playing it. Because yeah, the,
1: there are, the
0: most people that cover the game, as far as YouTube channels, uh, there are some very hardcore fans out there. But there are, I think, good examples of walkthroughs that show you how great the game can be. So.
3: All right. Thank you for listening to our Warped Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And Spotify recently introduced a rating system as well. So if you're listening on Spotify, feel free to give us a five-star review. Those reviews really mean a lot to us and help us gain more listeners.
0: I mean, if, if we earn the five stars, you can give us a four-star. That's fine.
2: No, she said five only.
1: If you're not going to leave a five, don't leave one at all. Nothing less than five.
3: Yeah. All right. If you don't like it, I don't want to hear about it. There is some incentive for five, though, because the first 50 five-star reviews, we'll send you a free R Warped Podcast pin. So just DM us on Instagram or Twitter with a screenshot of your review, and we'll get that all worked out and sent to you, however you... Choose to receive it. Speaking of social media, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Our work Pod. Let us know what you'd like us to cover and maybe we'll ignore you, but maybe you'll be a Mike V and slip through. Chris, socials?
1: You can follow me at Ambrose 80 on Instagram where I post various art and monster art or just any kind of art, you know? Come check me out. If you follow or watch inscription, play it, whatever, let me know what you think.
3: Kat,
2: I am hauntingly tired all the time, even on Instagram. And you're welcome to uh, follow me where I will try to do better to post things. It's my New Year's resolution. Or message me about how much you love or hate Buffy the movie or show. Let's talk about it. Walker.
0: And you can follow me into the metaverse.
2: So good. Bye.